It's the Opix Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock in iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opix, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping over to moving oh, and shocking. To another exciting episode of the Upix Podcast. I am your host, Too Stupid to Win. It's the beginning of the week, so that means I'm joined by T Davis and B Dag. Outstanding episode coming forward to everybody. Can't wait to hear it. They're gonna jump into the recap of all the Manhattan collections, get into the Brooklyn numbers and hit you up with the scouting report and i believe yeah i'm not sure if they're going to hit you guys with the fresno information but if they do miss the fresno information you can always go to upx.world and get everything you need to know right there as always the theme song is brought to you by mars utah i don't think i'll ever get old or tired of listening to that song and don't forget the views, information, and opinions expressed on the Upex podcast are those solely of myself, Thank Me Later, T. Davis, B. Dag, and any guests of the podcast and do not necessarily represent, reflect those of Upland Me, Inc. We're not employed by or provided insider information, regardless of what a lot of you think, by the Upland team. All discussions about properties to buy and sell are not financial advice. Please do your own research first. Um, Coit Tower, that auction is going on. Very excited to see how that ends up. Um, a lot of stuff going on this week and well, not a lot of stuff going on this week in Upland, but another uh, blockchain heroes Upland promotional card drops this week. And you have the uh, first first uh, meeting for the deck or not the decor shop, the block explorer shop. That will be an exciting meeting if you're a part of that. Can't wait to hear what those uh, those select people bring back to everybody and can't wait to see the business finally roll out here in uh, Upland. Uh, with no further ado, I will turn it over to uh, BDAG and live from Little Italy in Fresno and New York. It's T. Davis and BDAG with, I don't know what to call this segment, but their weekly episode. Hey, take it away, fellas. Have a good show. Thank you, Too Stupid, and welcome listeners to the UPX podcast featuring T. Davis and B-Dag. How you doing today, B-Dag? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you doing there, T. Davis? I'm great, man. What a what a good week I had this week. How about you? Better than last? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Everything IRL has sort of settled down and everything Upland has sort of settled in. Great. Yeah, same here, man. I, uh, I really enjoyed this week. What did we have? So let's look back at uh, our notes from last week. What did we do? What did we talk about? We had our collection reveal finale. How did we do from, with that? From last week. Yeah, yeah. So we had received of the 25 collections. Well, 24, but 25. There's a sneaker in there. Of the 24 collections that we were supposed to get, we had uh, received 13 of them in game so far. And so the final 11 were going to be coming at us. They released those in three waves, and they did a good job of spacing them out throughout different times so that people around the world could at least participate in one of them. Being in Pacific time myself, I was only able to be online for one of them when they released. How about you? You're in Central, right? Yeah. U.S.? Yeah, correct. Central. Uh, 
daylight's time, I guess it is now. And I was able to, I was able to be there for all of them, but the middle one, I didn't even bother with. That was the one I think that was my, maybe my 5am or my 7am, something like that. Um, after, after the first one, I had resigned myself to just what I had was what I had. I wasn't going to chase any more collections. Like I, you know, let the cards fall where they may, you know? Yeah. I kind of felt the same way. Wave one, wave one was in the morning for me and probably mid morning for you. And it was actually a fairly, I would say respectable and ex, uh, expected release. We had upper East side, which I know that Brian, Brian had gone big on that early. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, you know, that kept getting talked about that one paid off to me. I don't understand why that was a big deal, but it did. The funny thing about upper East side is it contains a lot of park view, although I guess uh, upper West side does as well, but we had a, a bit of collection overlap there. And as if that wasn't enough, then they released Fifth Avenue, which I thought was not a good idea for a collection, mostly because of all the overlap with Parkview. So if you owned a property that was a Parkview in Upper East Side on Fifth, you just got like a triple duty property there, just like that. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyway, then on to Bleecker Street, which was, I think, a pretty good call. That was a little more obscure to me, but it had some sort of significance somewhere in the back of my brain. That made a lot of sense. Can you explain little, that to our listeners and me while you're at it? Because to me, Bleecker Street, it was um, out of nowhere. And I, I would really like to hear somebody try to have it make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know that I can give you a whole lot on that other than I have heard Bleecker Street in some pop culture references. And I couldn't even tell you where, uh, but it may have been some music and it may have been some TV shows or movies. It just Bleecker Street is notable enough to me that I'm sort of kicking myself for not having bought anything there at all. Yeah, I didn't have any uh, myself there. That was a complete uh, strikeout. Yeah. Then we get a little curveball of the Hamilton Collection. As in Alexander Hamilton, correct? Former president. Yes, that one of, is correct. One of the early guys. Uh, he's on some sort of money. And where did that one come from? I didn't even think Alexander Hamilton had a whole lot of connection to New York City, but no, I guess. He, he, he didn't. And I don't know this for certain. And I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone but myself and my own my own guesses here. But I believe that this was chosen by people who are not from New York and not from the United States and chose it because of the musical. I, <laughs> I, 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 I swear, I, I honestly believe that's okay. why they picked Hamilton because of the success of the Broadway musical, which, you know, that's it's whatever if that's the yeah. case. I, Okay. Like I do feel strongly that that's because there's nothing else that makes sense, uh, you know. Right. Uh, we know what what Okay. So we just throw our hands up in the air and we're like Hamilton, okay. Right. 7 yeah. 
seven whole properties in the Hamilton collection. This is probably one of the most exclusive collections out there, uh, right next to Painted Ladies with their seven. Right. So only three people are ever going to get to hold a full collection if those three people can get it. Okay. That's, you know, I'm not, I'm not balking at the numbers, just the subject material is a little odd. Right. And so now I did go and Google it and you can find, I mean, you, if, if you're looking for confirmation bias, you can Google Alexander Hamilton, New York city and get Google sure. results. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I don't know that that doesn't connect for me. No, I mean, I guess you could do the same thing with any of the early presidents or any of them, any president and connect in New York city. The connection is New York city. Correct. Yeah. Connect any foreign diplomat to New York city. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could have easily had a Nikola Tesla collection. Yep. In fact, we should have had a Nikola Tesla collection, but whatever. Anyway. All right. Should we move on to wave two here? Yeah. I wasn't super excited with wave one other than uh, Upper East Side hitting fulfilling part or more of the the wiki prophecy, which we'll talk more about that later. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Got it. So wave two, you should give yourself some applause here, mister. Because Tribeca, boom, was the big one that came out. Yep, it sure was. That winky prophecy fully fulfilled, I think, on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chinatown was kind of an expected unexpected. We did not have a Chinatown collection in San Francisco or in Fresno, uh, but everybody kept pushing for it in New York, and apparently the devs saw something big enough in New York's Chinatown that it made it into a collection. Right, yeah. The only odd thing I see about Chinatown is that for such a low-level collection, it only requires two properties. Right. I'm just looking at my my holdings there, and, man, I have exactly that. That's kind of embarrassing. Two? Yeah. Well, I have a few more than that, but that's only because I got into the game late, and we discovered that East Broadway and right. West Broadway counted for Broadway. So I bought a bunch of East Broadway in Chinatown, hoping for the double up. Yeah, one so or the I. other had to hit. Yeah, so did I, and I've sold two of those and passed two of those on to Chica to fill her collections. Nice. All right. Hashtag teamwork. <laughs> uh, then. Then I got my big win with uh, <coughs> Houston. Sorry, Texas boy. It's yeah, <laughs> not Houston. Uh, that showed up as a collection. And you predicted and that one last, last episode. You had called that. That's right. Yeah. Well, you had you put us onto that. You put you put me and uh, our listeners early on uh, onto this. wasn't That wasn't the first episode that you had said Houston Street. If I'm not no mistaken. months ago, yeah, I was big on on Houston, <laughs> so <laughs> and uh, I I I sold it so big in private and public channels that it sold out faster than I could buy what I wanted of it. People kept buying out the bottom, and I couldn't save fast enough to continue to buy the new bottom or mint the new bottom. You know, so yeah, I only ended up with five, but that's fine. <laughs> 
that got me the collection and and a few extra to flip. <clears throat> then we had historic New York City, which if we're not going to get uh, museums, I suppose historic makes sense. But again, man, historic could be hundreds of properties in New York City. It's uh, it's pretty big, but we ended up with 84, which I guess is respectable. So 84 properties in historic New York City. Yeah, did you hit any of those? I, I, I got to Tribeca. Thank you, sir. Yeah, actually, I did well in wave two. I slept through this one, but I hit the Tribeca thanks to you. I got my Chinatown thanks to East Broadway, and I got my Houston. Right. So That's I, the I, same. that. I, yeah, I got the same out of that. I had those three and no historic. Right. I woke up, and I was pleasantly surprised to see the announcements. Okay, then wave three. Wave three was a big one because I think there were still at least a dozen really good valid choices that could have been had for collections. Right. But there were only three left. So uh, it was it was probably a little more tense for me. Just, oh, geez, did any of mine hit? Did any of my last ones hit? And I was a little concerned after Fifth Avenue was released that with Broadway and Fifth, the Park Avenue would be too much of a double up. But if there's anything we've come to expect, it's the unexpected. And I went all out last episode. I said, if Park Avenue is not a collection, then uh, I'll have to do something right. particularly not good. And sure enough, it hit. So I'm off the hook. Yeah, we both are, man. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I find Fifth Avenue to be a little too much duplication, maybe doing a Lexington or a Madison or some other street would have been. A little more spread but that's fine i mean look at fresno you've got blackstone and van ness and uh what's the other street hey, you got three streets that are all well fulton that are all pretty close to each other in the grid yeah and, and a lot of them are in tower district also i think true. right yeah true so yeah you're gonna end up with some bunching i guess just by the nature of of how cities are laid out and what becomes significant in them well, when you talk about redundancy or, or in doubling up, there, there's nothing worse, in, in my opinion, than the next collection after Park Ave, which was... <laughs> which was, again, a bit of a curveball, I felt. 57th yeah. Street. I'm sorry. That's that. That's just lazy. I, you know, it, it just, you have billionaire, Billionaire's Row. Right. If you Google Billionaire's Row, you're going to see that it's 57th Street. So, yeah. So what's the significance of 57th street? It's it's billionaires row. Like that's the significance of it. It's, it's one of the most expensive streets in the world. Right. Which you're right. So, right. What's the point of billionaires row? That would be kind of like having painted ladies in San Francisco be the collection, but also potentially Steiner street. Exactly. Steiner is not the you know, most expensive, but right. right. That would be, a, that would be very similar. So that, that one was very disappointing to me. Um, so much so that, you know, somebody had asked me what I thought of it and I dismissed it because I, I put too much faith in it. Not Wikipedia. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, you know, I put my faith in them not picking that because it's already a collection like like you just said right. like if, if we knew pain and ladies was a collection and somebody came to you and said hey do you think steiner street is going to be the next collection you would say no 
they have paid That's ladies ridiculous. already. It's ridiculous. Why would they do yeah. that? And then they go and do that. And it's so yeah, I I was pretty disappointed with that one. Um I, there there were a lot of better choices in my opinion than to go with with that. Yeah, for sure. I put money into Hell's Kitchen thinking there could have been something there. I put some money into uh uh art art galleries in Chelsea hoping for something there. I did a little bit in East Village. Uh some of my doubling up of Houston and Broadway was in Lower East Side as well. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, talk about historically significant. The Lower East Side was a huge a landing spot for a lot of uh, people groups that came through and and later fanned out. That's that's a huge area of history in and of itself, with the tenements and and the ever changing face of culture there. But no, no. Right. So. Then, as I stated to somebody else, uh, then they really kicked the drum set down the hill with media capital. Right. Yeah, I heard that dead air there. Well, you know what? Media capital is the very first ultra rare property that I owned. Oh, well, there's a plus. Yeah, so I'm not going to complain too much about it for that reason. No. Um, when they released Skyline, I had, I believe, two, two. of the three, mm -hmm. and I went and grabbed a third that was listed for sale at the time at 2X. So it was a 200,000 Upix parcel, and they, they had it listed for 400 thousand so a 2x on on a rare which okay. i you know i said i can't you know i can't pass this up it's gonna be worth it for the divs right because you know how i always sure. say about being you know the markup being less than what the uh multiplier is so i picked it up and lo and behold a few months later a couple months later it, it was also part of the Media Capital Ultra Rare Collection. Oh, there you go. Nice pickup then. So I'm not going to call out the owner of that for the <laughs> blunder of leaving Oof. it listed when Upland warned you not to do that. But yeah. I think my biggest thing with the Media Capital is there's just so much overlap on that on top of other stuff because a lot of them happen in the theater district. And there's already a double up of Times Square in the theater district. So we just, yeah, we end up with a bunch of doubling. I'll get it. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute here. Sure. Um, I did start creating some projection charts for how Manhattan would look before collections were released. And I tried to modify it as little as possible uh, okay. with new info that came out. So based on San Francisco and Fresno, uh, you know, I looked at the spread of the different types of collections there and tried to make some predictions with Manhattan. I did okay, but the biggest thing that really threw it off was these venue type collections. So San Francisco, we've only got three venues and the venues are the ones that aren't tied to a street or neighborhood, but more like an idea. So a venue right, is going to be collection, museums, I think right, right, customized, right, exactly. Uh, so Fresno, we've got a couple of them, and and Brooklyn, we ended up with uh, just one of them. Yeah, looking percentage wise, 
Right. Yeah. Looking percentage wise, uh, it lies between 13 and 16%. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's ultra rare stuff. Um, it lies between seven to 25% Fresno. Really? Fresno's 25%. That's not right. Two out of 12. No, it's only 16%. I got they some have, bad numbers they somewhere. They have murals and, uh, oh, no, they do have firehouses. And That's right. And old town gems got old, thrown in there with Clovis. Yeah. Old town gems. Right. So Fresno did get bumped up to about 25% of venues, but when you only have 12 collections, that's a little hard. Those numbers can jump pretty quick. The percentage ones can. Sure. Well, Manhattan with the 24 collections is 37, 38% of the collections are venues. That's three eighths of them. And if you want to be liberal with rounding, that gets kind of close to half of collections yet as a venue. And to me, that's that's a little overkill. Um, definitely, they give us some insight into the city, but I kind of feel like tours are a good use for that as well. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it would be kind of fun to have Dirk on and ask him what he would have done for San Francisco collections if he could do it all over again. That's a good you know, question. We, yeah, we had the love tour in San Francisco, which was a bunch of old 60s and 70s music locations. Right. You, know, you had the that Janice could easily Joplin have been house, turned into right Hendrix house. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that could have been turned into a venue type collection. Uh, we had the art tour as well, which could have been turned into a venue type collection in San Francisco. So I don't know. I think all these venue type collections, they added Manhattan, probably two or three at least could have been converted into tours. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? On as many venue collections as there, as there are there in New York. Yeah. You, you think that for New York city, for Manhattan itself, that, that really does fall in line that that's pretty. Well, so here's my thoughts on it. And it, it, has something to do with the fact that there are no standard blue collections in New York that we got. We got the New Yorker that was a, a little ad hoc. I think that I don't think they ever intended on there being standard blue collections in New York city because when New York was released, we had San Francisco minted at about 42 to 44%. I think That's each right. benchmark that we, that was hit, they were going to release like a new bubble of, That's right. of New York. And so there were only those two cities. And I, I believe that they intended on New York being a, a top tier premium city, like top of top of the, uh, of the, of the Hill and San Francisco being a mid tier and yeah, more or less. Okay. And leaving it open for them to go to a starter city as needed when Fresno came out. But I don't think they even anticipated. I I would have to go back and look to see when the fair start act uh, medium article was published because okay. whenever that was published, I, I believe that that's when they had the, the low, the starter low medium and high. And I feel like that it was just those three that they were, planning on having with you know new york being at the top san fran in the middle and fresno at the bottom and then the game exploded 
and they had to add Clovis and they had to add right. Brooklyn and they're going to have to add a mid tier West coast soon. And for that, for those reasons, that's why I think that they added in the New Yorker after the fact. And I think that this is what their idea of a premium city, what it would look like. It would, it would have all of these ultra rare collections and rare collections and no blue standards. And this was just their, their thinking and mentality at the time. And I don't think we're going to see it quite like this as this game goes forward. Like if they were going to open Chicago or, or, Los Angeles or, or like Miami, I think it would look like a hybrid of San Francisco and New York for the, for the top tier city. And the middle would probably look more like what Brooklyn looks like to us. I think you're right. Chicago is probably going to be, yeah, way less. I mean, what other city is going to have so many of these? Maybe London, maybe LA, probably yeah. not. Maybe Singapore, Hong Kong. Potentially. But yeah, I think you're right. I think that even though we have a low mid and a high tier city, I think there's going to be this unspoken super high kind of tier. In right. New that New York always, always was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it's great. It's New York. Um, I feel like when it sells out, it will remain, you know, permanently sold out. I think I've said that or I don't think there's very many visitors owning property in Manhattan right, right. now. I, well, I don't think they, they could technically anymore. I, I don't think there's anything in Manhattan that you can mint under 10 K. That's in, right. In fact, I, I believe I read that in discord today that Yorkville is the only one whole <laughs> bringing down the entire city with uh, a bunch of properties in like the, 12 or 14 K range, something like that. Right. If you're not FSA, it's 14 K to go to New Yorkville, which is uh, right between upper East side and East, um, East Harlem. So, okay. So maybe this isn't going to happen very often, which is fine with me because, um, I'm just, yeah, my, my issue, I guess, with the venue type collections is how much overlap it can cause. So, I did a quick search on some properties and we've got a few of them on 57th street, which is not only 57th, but also, Hey, guess what? It's a billionaire row collection as well. How about that? You just mentioned that a few minutes ago. Right. And of course a skyline because a lot of those billionaire row buildings are skyscrapers. So we're doubled up on that. And there's a lot of examples of these three collection properties and not just low tier like Chinatown Broadway, but pretty high tier collections as well. So then I'm looking and I find that Hodler owns a Broadway Skyline Times Square Media Capital building at 1540 Broadway. Say that again now. Yeah. He owns a Broadway Skyline Times Square Media Capital property at 1540 Broadway. What do you do with that? Right. Yeah. That's. Do you, do you try to find another media capital? Do you, do you hope to stick it in time? square and and give up on the media capital divs and what if you only have three skylines to start with do you want to put it in times square and give up on the skyline divs i mean yeah it's 
it's a little ridiculous, but the most amazing one, which was pointed out to me uh, by a player, Jojibra, is owned by player Mixplick. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Like uh no vowels in there. Mixplick. That fifteen fifteen Broadway. So of course it's a Broadway, right? Yep. So that's a but it's also a skyline, right? Because it's a skyscraper. Yeah, and it's a last act theater. It's definitely a theater. And it's on it, it's on Times Square. It's not a Times Square address. It's a Broadway address, but it's still on <laughs> Times Square. Yeah. And it's a media capital building. Yeah. Whoa. It's a dessert topping and a floor polish. Stop. You're both right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I on the one hand, that's awesome. You can put it anywhere you want. But like I was just saying, you, you got a conundrum. Where do you put it? Uh, I don't know. And the, and the big problem with that, too, with the overlap is some of these higher collections are already limited in their numbers. So, you know, you got seven or eight in the collection for for Hamilton and Billionaire Row. And for the other ones, you've got between 21 and 37 uh, properties in the collection for the ultra rares. Well, now you don't really. Because if you have so many of them doubled up, you've really diluted the numbers in how many total collections can be held. Uh, instead of 21 in Times Square, now if you've got seven of them doubled up, really you've only got 14 or 15 actual ones you can use in a collection. Right. Yeah. Media Capital, there's 23 of them. Well, most of them are getting doubled up in, uh, in Skyline or in Last Act just because they're in that neighborhood. And maybe you've got a theater on the ground floor and a recording studio on the 12th floor. Okay, 23 of those media capital. Now, maybe because of this dilution, we're down to 12 or 15 that are actually usable without, you know, without taking away or no, they're only usable because maybe they're in a higher collection that's a better use of them. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's my rant for this week. I hope this doesn't become a normal thing, but it just annoyed me. I would agree that, I mean, and the only thing that, so I would agree first, let me say, I would agree that it's not optimal. I don't think, and it's not something pleasing for, for the players to see yeah. that even, even the players that own these property, I'm sure that's, you know, hard to believe, but you know, I have a few of these and they, they, for me, they don't make them any more significant. Like I'm only going to put them in one collection and it'll be the highest one. And that's all I care about. Sure. If you, you have know, another I mean, paired up with. Right. Right. Yeah. And so some so spread, spread that out a little bit, you know, a little better, make some more original collections. They missed the ball on a lot of, collections that they could have chosen yep you know there there's nothing up north at all which, which oh man is, it's ghost town yeah yeah which is it's what it's whatever that's fine san francisco is the opposite there's nothing sure. in the south really but they uh there, there were a lot of opportunities i feel like to do with gramercy park and union square and some of these really epic New York city areas that are, you know, now have nothing like the, the lower East side, like you said earlier, you know, that was a, a key port of entry, right? Yeah. It has nothing in it. Wah, wah. 
right? So, well, whatever. Yeah, All we'll right. s- we'll see how they they do on I guess the next big city that they roll out, which will likely be. I would guess international, but let's not get ahead of ourselves with that because there's a lot coming before we get to, you know, cross. Yeah. That. I think we need a little more, uh, a little more release of properties in these two markets. Anyway, just get something rolling and property development and yeah. Businesses. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, what else do we have going on right now? I know the Upland LI team has a March Madness bracket going for all of the sports fans, which, uh, believe it or not, more like more had responded to that than I than I thought. Nice. We, we have twenty, which isn't a significant number, especially not for how many users there are. Sure, but. Oftentimes, sports and this kind of thing just they don't necessarily go together that often, and so I, I was excited to get to twenty with very little effort. I think I only advertised it for maybe two or three days max, and uh, the way the route that we took with it, where you had to buy in via an NFT off of Atomic Hub, and um, then enter idea. your your bracket through a third party website that I found, runyourpool.com. Shout out to them. Okay. And there's been quite the shakeup in, in the brackets. I, I know you're not a huge sports fan, but this, sports ball? Yeah, this year's NCAA tournament has had a lot of upsets, and that's my favorite. That's what I love about the uh the tournament watching the little schools beat the big schools. I think that's the coolest thing. Uh, So right now, so you can look at current points to see who has the most. So each round you earn points based on which round you're in. So in the first round you're, you earn one point for every win that you get correct. The second round you get two and then it doubles all the way to the championship. And if you were to look at the standings, you would see Clevet two at, the top with 32 points but the important number to look at with this is the possible remaining points because that's what really matters and when you sort by that way you have Pelzin in first Clevet 2 drops to second Rotten Hot is in third and Chica 86 is in fourth Oh, uh, where's T. Davis in there? He's down at uh, sixth place, seventh place. Okay. Four, okay. five, six, seventh. Yeah, I'm in seventh. I'm in striking distance. I'm certainly not out of it, but um, I need to have some things go my way over the next week or two. Sure. Coming to the championships. So this was this was a lot of fun putting it together, and I hope that we triple the participation this time next year, which I'm sure we will. Yeah, definitely cool idea, community idea for sure. I've participated in uh, exactly one March Madness bracket, and you'll never guess how I did. 
you probably won it because you just guessed them all and that's how you <laughs> win these things. I, I am not a sports guy at all. I took the completely nerdy approach of researching every team to see how they would compare against each other, built my brackets that way, ended up in second place. Nice. And the way, yeah, the way that that one paid out was that the first place winner got everything, all the winnings, uh. but second place got their money back. So, uh, yeah, I got my money back and I got bragging rights for being a total non-sports guy getting second place. That's pretty cool, though, man. That was like 50 analytics. or 60 people. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And then I retired. <laughs> you know, they have, uh, they started up the Upland uh, challenges again. They always oh, they bring did? those at the, at the strangest times. Um, and they didn't even, I don't think they even announced, like formally announced this. I, I, from what I understand, they put out the Upland update that X on the gamer does. And in that video, he mentioned, oh yeah, we are running back the challenges, the great start challenge, the people's champ challenge and the weekly rising star. Uh, I don't know if I'm a fan of that approach because I mean, not every, you know, at, at the time when I had heard that they were doing the challenges again, the YouTube video only had 23 views. So Oof. that means that at the most you have maybe 40 people who are aware of it through word of mouth, maybe right. 23 right. watched it and a few more told a friend about it. So I, I would hope that going forward, there'll be more in-game announcements and discord announcements and more formal announcements on when they start. Because in a lot of these, if you don't, if you don't start the minute it begins, you don't have a chance specifically right. the people's champ challenge. If you don't know that it starts and you don't get your sends in before the sends reset at 12 a.m. UTC, like you can forget about it. And so I can just see some players being uh, upset that they weren't aware that it started. And, you know, I guess the counter to that would be, well, you should be watching the Upland update. But I, I you know. Yeah, maybe they're trying I, to I condition us, maybe. some sort of herd mentality. Right, right. Good luck with that. I just I don't know very many people that can just stop what they're doing to watch a video the second it comes out. Right. But right now we have if we look at the leaderboards, we have our uh, three four Tim is crushing the weekly rising star challenge. He's got twenty nine collections. <laughs> Man, this game sure has changed ever since we got four cities with collections in it now. Yeah. 29. Uh, yeah. San Francisco had 15. Well, the first challenge they released like this, I think the winner had seven or eight collections. Yeah, that's hilarious. We, uh, yeah, our 34 Tims got 29. Harry Cross is in second with 18. And then after that, I mean, Racer X is in third with 12, but it's going to be challenging for anybody to catch tim i would think at this point yeah with good luck y'all under 14 hours remaining uh the people's champ challenge uh surprisingly has cheek 86 in the lead but surprisingly so this, one, this one is tricky because you don't you never know when 
somebody's holding back on or or if they didn't do their sends yet. Yeah. She right. knows this better than I do and I could ask her right now where she's going to place and she'll know exactly through math cuz that's her thing. She's figured this whole game and challenge out through math. Crazy. But she's in the lead with 284 and Nubix, I guess is his name. That's one of our new mods. I should learn how to pronounce his name. That's unacceptable that I don't. Right. Knubix is what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. And T. Tollison in third with 220 with some people right outside. Well, Elms, Elmary. Elmsary. Elmary, yeah. He's been around. El, wait, Elmary? No, Elmazri? Elmazri. Yeah. Is right outside of third and can likely make a run depending on what they have left to use up. And then our great start challenge, Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Carolina's crushing it. Uh, 26 unique visits to her property with Ashris right behind with 20. And Yamadim and Hamzat tied at third with 11. So this wraps up in approximately 13 and a half hours. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll know who won. Yeah, right. What am I going to be? I'll be eating lunch. Yeah. What will I be doing? 13 hours. I think getting ready for the top shot drop or having been done with that. All right. Tomorrow with that. So I ran some Brooklyn numbers this week. Like I do, like I do with the Fresno ones. And I guess this will be the first time that we'll be presenting this to our listeners. Okay. Because the majority of the players are starting in Brooklyn as they should, because there's just more opportunity there for them in this moment. So we had 5,261 total sales in the secondary market between the 14th of March and the 21st. So 5,200, that's a lot more than what we were seeing in Fresno as of the week before. Let's see, what did I... Yeah, last week's Fresno numbers were 2,080 or 2,090 or so. So more than doubled what is going on in the Fresno secondary market. Which is, remind me if I'm wrong, aren't there like 280,000 properties in Brooklyn? There there are. There's a ton more. And, and about half of them are locked right now. Right. That's what I was about to say that there's right. a significant so, amount locked. And so we're pitting uh, two. Oh, what are the numbers in Fresno? 2,250. Uh, how many properties are there in Fresno? Oh, good question. I just, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. I think 150,000 sounds right, though. That sounds about right. So we've got about the same number of properties in the market, but Brooklyn is just hot. Yeah, it is. It's not completely minted out for what's available, and I think that might be the difference. There's still properties being minted and flipped. And not only that, but the FSA players are slowly leaking their properties out. So instead of the big rush at the beginning, we're getting a constant stream of them. Yep. 
So I'm looking at the floor right now, and the floor in Brooklyn is about 2,800 upics, and it jumps to 29 pretty quickly. So there's one outlier at 2,800, which will likely get bought up here pretty soon, and then it jumps all the way up to 2,910. Um, the median sale price is mind-blowing it's eight well i guess it's not really because if I, when i tell you what the top sales were it'll it'll make a lot more sense but the average sale price was 8157 upics and the reason why Whoa. that's that high is because our <clears throat> excuse me our top properties were all dumbo properties secondary okay. market um you had three of them going over 400,000 upics each. Uh, the top one, a shade under 490,000 uh, by DigiGold, the 987. And you know what? I just noticed something. Uh-huh. Do you see what I'm seeing? Look at our notes. and Look at the buyers there. I don't think that's an error. No. I don't think I would have made that error. That's very interesting. I'll have to make note of that. And uh, we will just move on from the show. We're like, there's nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't notice that until just now. How weird. Okay. So, yeah, the top two properties were purchased by likely the same player, um, 49 Duffel Street, 16 Duffel Street, uh, the seller was Palm Beach Jeff and our buddy Gray Wolf. Gray Wolf. Um, Wait, which one, Gray Wolf or Growl Because we got one of each. Well, it's G R A U W U L F. I don't know. How oh, okay, you so this that would one. be Growl Wolf. Because last week we talked oh, about. Oh, right, Wolf. right, right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah this is Growl Wolf. Uh, he minted it for 100, about 100K Upix Dumbo and sold it for 450,000 Upix. So good work there, man. Four nice. and a half X. And then uh, Juland bought a old Fulton Street, which I checked to see if that made the collection, and it didn't. That kind of no. sucks. But old Fulton is not Fulton Street. And right. uh, I know that he got this property. It's funny. He got this off of Dizzy Deesky because when he had... He had messaged Dizzy when to, when he put in the offer, and then Dizzy had asked me if uh, he thought I thought it was a, a fair deal he was working out, and uh, I, I just distinctly remember that. And then so now looking at the top sales, uh, he turned around and sold that property that he got from Dizzy to Juland for 400,000 upics. So good for him. Wow. Okay. So I'll have to, if Dizzy's listening to this, I'll have to let him know that, that, that sale that you made that good deal on, he turned around and flipped it for four X five X. <laughs> Which hopefully his buyer knew it was not a Fulton street collection. Right, right, right. Property. Right. Um, our, our median in Brooklyn is what do you think the median is but you can see the numbers so i can't ask you that i can't at the moment but um so this this will make it a little more fair the median in brooklyn you uh is this going to be skewed by those large dumbo 
It shouldn't. The median is just the number oh, that's right okay. in the middle of the data set. So I'm thinking since it's a mid-tier city, probably around uh, three and a half K. Yeah, close. $29.99 okay. the median. Okay. And then our mode, I put up a trivia question in Discord right before we started this recording. I haven't looked back at it, but and I gave our uh, Discord users an multiple choice asking what the mode was of Brooklyn. Um, I think my choices were like 3,000, 2,500, 1,000, and 10,000. And the answer was 2,500. So yeah. that's the price that is being bought most frequently over the last week. That makes sense. Which the floor now again is right around 28 or 2900 but our buyers are liking 25 the most which i guess i would too right and that's kind of a happy medium between it's even though it's a mid-tier city and fresno is a low-tier city let's not forget that fresno is completely sold out so right. there's a lack of anything left to mint in a city that is going to have property development compared to a mid-tier city that still has some stuff to mint, but not only that, a good portion, not a good portion, but at least a third of its properties are still locked to being able to be minted. So there is a lot more potential in Brooklyn. So I would hope that those numbers are not going to go higher than Fresno quite yet, but at some point they definitely will when you look at mid-tier compared to low-tier. Right. And if you look at Fresno, the floor over there, so it, it's funny, you can tell a bunch of people got fiat out because if you scroll, if you zoom way out on the map and then click the, the building icon to see what the, uh, you know, nearby properties for sale are, that's how I, you know, that's how I go to look to see what the floor is. Yeah. And it's all filled with fiat listings, all three yep, dollars. Regular price, three bucks, three bucks, three bucks, three bucks. <laughs> then you get a 3149. Yeah. Up. So, and I've been, I don't know about you, but I've been listing properties for sale for Fiat. Not that low. I, I don't think I've listed any for $3. I, I've gone as low as 5 and 8 And for any of our listeners who are wondering how things are going to work once Fiat Out is global, I think it's going to to, to be great a great thing for for everybody. It's really starting to pick up. So much so that it's becoming like arduous to keep up. So we're allowed to have list 10 at a time. And, you know, it's, I hate to sound like I'm complaining about being able to sell my properties for, for Fiat, but it's becoming somewhat of a pain to keep those 10 slots filled because I'll, I'll, I'll list some and then I'll, I'll go away from Upland for a little while and then I'll come back to, you know, two or three sold and then it's you know it's just this whole process like I don't maybe I need to get more organized and have properties on deck that I want to list because just the going through the whole process of finding something to to keep in my fiat out slot is just becoming somewhat of a pain for me. Yeah, sure. First world problems kind of thing. Huh? Uh, yeah, first metaverse problems. That's it. First metaverse. I had several listed in Fresno at $3 and most of them have gone now. So I've relisted a few at different price points, four and $5. These are, these are true burners, which I guess that 
term is going to sort of fade away as as Fresno becomes more robust with property development. Right. But, what what do we do? Right. Ugh. Yeah, but they are properties that I can afford to let go, and uh, partly I want to test the market to see when it approaches. You know, it's like putting lines lines on a stick to see how high the flood goes. Uh, <laughs> hey, it passed three feet. All right, it's coming up to four feet now. It's five feet, and uh, we also have a little bit of a phenomenon going on that I've been able to take advantage of in San Francisco. And are you done with the Brooklyn numbers? Or we oh, yeah, I am. Let's, to go move, let's, nope, let's move it, move it along. Okay. Um, and that's the outer sunset, right? Which yeah. I'm sure TML is going to talk about more in, in his segment, but um, I've been buying a few of the floor on that and then listing them for fiat at about 93%. So if I buy, if I mint for 7560, I'll list it for $7. And it's gone within a minute or two, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And, you know, I'm taking the divs that I get from my properties and converting it into cash, which is kind of nice. But maybe I need to be raising to eight or nine bucks and see what happens. Yeah, I think Mixplick is one of the uh, founders of that. Uh, Absolutely. A little game there, turning your optics into USD. Right. He started that mission before yeah, mission yeah. really had the push to sell out. And we're like, what the heck is he doing? He's losing money on this. And then somebody says, no way. Those are free divs. He's getting right. from the game that he's converting into real cash money. Yep. And then oh. he moved on to, to pack Heights and pack Heights sold out. And now yep. outer sunset. And after that, I don't, I guess I don't know what you'll do. Yeah. There won't be any collection properties left except for the locked ones right uh i guess san francisco will just be on a slow burn to sell out yeah what do you what do you think is going to sell out completely or mint out completely first manhattan or sf Ooh, good question i i feel like with property development likely san francisco probably it's a little different animal because there's a third of the properties in manhattan that there are in san francisco and they're more expensive in manhattan yeah so there's vanilla mode well, right, and 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 so and, and no longer though New York is com- is completely out of vanilla. Rick, with that's, the ex- that's true. I they guess threw with some the vanilla ex- bean in there. Yeah, with the exception, I guess, of, of property development coming, but there's treasure hunts there. Yep, and I, I feel like the collection reveals are, are going to take a lot of gas out of the engine there. That because that was fueling a lot of minting. For sure. People just get trying to guess. And now that everything's been revealed, I feel like it's going to shift back to San Francisco when property development and businesses come. But also when San Francisco does sell out, I guess, uh, you know, for the first time where all of the properties are minted, it's not going to stay that way. San Francisco will continue to lose, uh, it's sold out status to expired visas. And for right. some time, I believe, you know, those will be a hot commodity that pop up um, every hour. And I, and I just, I know New York is never going to suffer from that. So true. There's what, probably 10 visitor owned properties in yeah, Manhattan. But there are some, a part of the problem of selling out New York completely for example, would be, uh, let me give you 
quick example of what's going to be problems. Uh, 208 West Street. Okay. Tribeca. 2000, well, let me see, 2100 up squared parcel oh. for, you know, 8.5 million OPEX. Yeah, right. Got it. And you have, you have a few of those in Manhattan that are just enormous in size and are, I think there might be um, a historic maybe. I know that uh, Sanika recently purchased two historics to complete the collection since uh, Grand Central Station was part of the historic collection. Right. And I believe he spent another 20 million Upex minting those, but they were, you know, 10 a piece. And I just, I don't foresee that, you know, happening very often if there are any of those left because that's just a lot to spend. You're going to have to have a very unique person come in and want to spend, you know, 8,000 us dollars on a, on a blue square. Yeah. On a nothing property. Right. Well, New York city, but otherwise, yeah, nothing. So, all right, man. Well, let's see. uh, What else do you have? I'm going to roll into our scouting report unless you have anything else. All right. Uh, So, our first person on the scouting report goes by Oh No in Discord and O2No in Upland. And this player, I had noticed them in the Discord channels and the feedback channels. And I, I can tell that they're they're very well-educated and, and very smart and um, have some experience in in business and economics and all that, just from reading like, you know, the, uh, the posts that they were making, well, they went and created, I, I noticed it this morning. I, I picked up my phone that has the Upland LI Twitter account in it. And I saw that Upland Realty had followed me. And so of course I followed back and, uh, yeah. Uh, um, then I noticed in the discord that this player had changed their, uh, either their status or, or their name to include Upland Realty. And so, of course, I went and I checked out the website. And uh, so what it is is a website that will feature listings similar to like like in real life if you were to feature a, uh, I guess, like maybe a, a Zillow sort of. Where would you go to find like unique exclusive properties like a website like that i would think yeah okay so it's the equivalent of that for upland and they reached out to me and to ask if i wanted to list anything and so i said sure yeah put my john j park up up there and yeah uh because yeah. parks didn't end up being a collection Sorry, right. park view and park Ave, but not just parks and rec Right, and so I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm going to send it to you in the Zoom uh, chat so that you can see it. All right. And uh, he did a really good job with this ad. So I'm ask, I'm only asking $10,000 USD for this property, which that That's sounds... That's a steal. That sounds like a lot, but it's only like 7 point... It's like 8X, 
on it. Yeah. This was a an enormous yeah, see the mint price was one point two million upics. And it's a huge square. You can see it in the, the in real life picture. It's a park yeah. right there. That's a really on. nice wow. And so yeah, they did a really That's good a job. great listing. Uh, yeah, isn't that good? So yeah, shout out to Ono Ono to O2 No uh for the work they put on in on this listing and uh yeah, I hope it sells. I told him I'd, if he sells this for 10k, I will gladly pay a commission. Yeah, no joke. So he's listing for free but sell for the commission. Is that the deal? Well, you know, we didn't I, right now I think he's listing for the sake of just listing and getting his website out there. Sure. You know, I would give a commission simply out of, you know, out of thanks and appreciation for the for the effort put in and all that, but I don't know that there, there wasn't anything stated about it costs this or that. So I would just reach out to him if you're interested in listing your property, and I'd be willing to bet that he, he puts it in there for you. Nice. Okay. All right. My next one is a liquid emoji. And so I don't have a lot of interactions with liquid emoji, but I really like them. I, I they're, they just, they bring that, uh, that, that good in nature, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about when there's a new player in the community and when you see them interact, they just, everything about it just makes you feel good. Like, it, you know, you're not unhappy to see that they're in discord and, and you're reading what they're saying and they're making you smile. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like when this guy T Davis showed up, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, it's, uh, better than that. Much better. Oh, okay. So yeah, liquid emoji, a new player uplander status, really active in the Discord and just hustling to get Brooklyn collection properties. So I let him know that if I see any pop up, I will be sure to let him know. So I'm hoping that I get that opportunity to get his get him a uh, some Brooklyn collection properties to sell. Yeah, cool. Uh, Shinobi is my next one. Um, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been super active in discord. Like I have been in weeks past, but I still have regular interactions with new players and Shinobi is one of them. Uh, he reached out for advice on what to do when he became an uplander. Uh, and I unfortunately had been so busy he asked the question and he like, he apologized. He's like, thanks in advance. Sorry to bother you. And I, I replied, huh. you're never a bother, but yeah. then I didn't answer his question. And I realized <laughs> <laughs> I just said, never bother my friend. And, and that, but that was it. And then, um, I came back, I guess two days later as I was scrolling back through my DMS to make sure that I didn't miss anybody. And I said, I said, damn, I just realized I never answered this. Oops. <laughs> And so I said, let me know when you hit Uplander and we'll put together a strategy for him. And so he's Uplander now and I still haven't put that strategy together, but I did message him and I said, give me a property to buy off you and I will buy it at a very high markup so that they can get themselves cool. some footing in this game and, and move, move on up. Yeah. And then my last scouting report player is Reapa in discord and Reapa GG in 
Upland. Oh, this okay. player just reached out to me today in the Discord. I think they just asked a generic question like, I'm in San Francisco, what should I buy? And what do you think I said? Uh, Outer Sunset? Exactly. It's exactly yeah. what I said. And they went and did that and made the mistake of not using the POI button in the lower right-hand corner. Oh, no. What'd they buy? It's like some uh, a property like right outside of it. And okay. so I showed them how to click the building uh, not the building, the map icon button to make the borders pop up and then showed them how to click on the boosted earnings text when you're actually on the property to see the collection window open up and list all the collections the property belongs to. And then I bought yeah. the property off of him so that he could go buy real sunsets. Um, hey, what a real nice guy. Yeah, and they reached out and uh, and DM. I'm talking and, about you. Oh, get out of here. And uh, <laughs> we... um. Buying up people's mistakes. Yeah, you got to do that, man. I, I just, I feel like you do. Yeah. I have been so fortunate in Upland to have met so many amazing people and people that like genuinely look out for me that I have to give back. Like just to give you a perfect example, like hitting, you know, I've collected all the collections at this point, there were 69 of them and I have them all. And wow. I can tell you, I'm not out there actively seeking to collect all of them. When, uh -huh. when people get them, they come, they, they hit me up and ask me if I got them. And so with that comes the, the bonus epics from filling that collection. And then some of sure. them are pretty high. And, you know, that's all been such a blessing to have people, you know, like I think this last round, there was one collection that I actually reached out for and it was getting to the point where like it was the only one I needed to get all of them. So I might as well ask the person if, they wow, yeah. you know, like at that point you kind of have to, but I wasn't chasing Brooklyn collections and I really wasn't chasing the Manhattan ones. And so, you know, that said all of that upics that I get from those, I I try to dump that all back into the community in a way. So it's like this cyclical thing where, you know, people are, are helping me out and then I just pass that on to the next. Yeah. Next real cool. And then hopefully they'll continue that trend and we keep this amazing community the way it is. That's uh yeah, that's kind of inspiring. You know, I've hit three mil finally in my net worth and what? Uh yeah, that you know, the first five hundred is tough and the grind to a million is a tough, but once you hit a million, uh, especially if you got a few players in the game you trust who can help each other, it really moves after that. Yeah, so, man. I can't uh, believe I'm, that you're at three million now. I yeah, I am. I got some stashed away to not spend. Um, so my number in my, in my profile might not show it, but yeah, I need to be given that back somehow. That's amazing. All right, cool. You yeah. got anything else for our listeners? We are getting long on time here. Okay. One last thing. Uh, don't forget to go look in the announcements channel of the official discord server and fill out a short 18 point survey. Uh, about the game in its one-year anniversary, and you'll get a little bit of free spark for doing that. Right, yeah. And don't forget to mention prop management tools. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, please mention that. 
All right. Uh, very good. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you, B-Dag. And I'm going to send it back to you, Too Stupid. Adios. Hey, all right, fellas. Thank you so much. Amazing show, as always. This is episode number 53. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast, liking it, leaving us a review on Apple, telling your friends about it. A lot of new players in Upland, a lot of new listeners to the UpX podcast. Make sure you engage with us, follow us on Twitter, hit us up in Discord. Uh, we're always there willing to help. Uh, we got the show coming up here on Thursday, recorded Thursday night. We'll be dropping to you Friday morning with myself and thank me later. Not sure uh, where we're going with that episode yet. And yes, last episode, I did not spin the wheel and award the prizes from the 50th episode. That is on the list to do this coming episode. So definitely tune in uh, this uh, Thursday night. You can catch the podcast being recorded live. You get to listen to the pre-show and the after show. Get to interact with other players that you just normally uh, talk to and chat. Real good time. You learn a lot of information and get to pick the brains of some uh, great people. And make sure you check out Pizza Dow. Real great project there for the largest pizza party on May 22nd. Until later on in the week, everybody be easy. Talk to you soon. It's the Opics Podcast, baby. Glad you tuned in. Got your host, thank me later, and you're stupid to win. Might become an obsession as soon as you begin. Start out king of the street, then lock in iconic in. Welcome to Offland. Grab your Opics, man. On your way in the door, hit you with four grand. Get to buying and gripping, then to selling and flipping.